Stat Media Group, delivering logistics news since 1986. Hello everyone, I am Reggie John and this is Logistic Tech Dialogues presented by Kale Logistics Solutions. This is our weekly dialogue on innovations and technologies that make logistics move faster and deliver better. Logistic Tech Dialogues is brought to you in partnership with Gale Logistics Solutions, a trusted global logistic IT solutions provider for several Fortune 500 companies worldwide. It may not be wrong to say that airports have been using the same blueprint for airport development since they were established. But with emerging technologies, shifting regulation, a new kind of passenger and a pandemic topped with climate change, the aviation business has to rethink what the future looks like. The answer to what the future airport should look like lies with the passenger. They need an experience that delights them as they travel through the airport. On the cargo business side, airports are to become the hubs for fast evacuation and clearing of cargo supporting the speed to market value proposition of air cargo to the shippers. Technologies and digital innovations have a great role to play in creating the airports of the future that we want. Bangalore International Airport aims to be the smartest airport in India and eventually one among the world's smartest airports for passenger and cargo. It is making every effort to be the smart airport by adopting digitalization, automation, and creating future-ready infrastructure. My guest today is Satyaki Raghunath, Chief Strategy and Development Officer, Bangalore International Airport. Satyaki joined Bangalore International Airport Limited in 2018 after having spent 20 years working with public and private sector investors and operators of transport infrastructure, advising on business, finance, strategy, regulatory and project delivery related initiatives. He has an extensive experience in transportation and airport system planning across major cities like London, Chicago, Dubai, Houston, New Delhi and now Bangalore. He describes himself as an aviation futurist, strategist, digital innovation expert and I have no reason to disbelieve any one of those descriptions because I have known him since the last four years he has been with Bangalore International Airport Limited. And I have seen his leadership and initiatives in projects to make Bangalore International Airport as the most innovative airport in India with cutting edge technologies to make the movement of passengers and cargo through the airport with ease and convenience. So it is my privilege to have Satyagi Raghunath as my guest in this episode. Satyagi, welcome to Logistic Tech Dialogues. Thank you, Reggie. Really pleased to be here uh, on this discussion. Satyagi, let's start uh, with some numbers, uh, placing in context the phenomenal growth numbers on the cargo volume handled at the airport for the calendar year 2021. Several uh, records have been broken. Uh, there is high double-digit growth in both domestic and international cargo. What factors, uh, according to you, contribute to such growth figures even at a time when the billy capacity is so restricted? You know, I think, yeah, we've had a fantastic year, as you well know, and we recorded our highest ever cargo tonnage in terms of an annual basis during the COVID period. And if you think about it, we ended calendar year 2021 with about 406,000 odd, almost just under 407,000 cargo. And that was almost uh, just under 30% growth you know, 
compared to the previous year. If you look at the fiscal year 2021-22, we've actually done better than that. We ended the year with about 411,500 orders. And that was, again, a growth of about just under 30% uh, compared to the previous year. And as we sort of went through the year, we broke several of our own records. Uh, it was the highest tonnage for a fiscal year since It was fantastic that, you know, we were going through COVID and coming out of the pandemic. We had multiple waves, both at the beginning of the fiscal year and then with Omicron at the end of the fiscal year. We were plus 26% overall compared to FY 2021. Uh, we were plus 20% compared to FY 2019-20, which is also great because that was our highest year before COVID. Hit. And international cargo was fantastic during this period. We handled about 271,000 uh, metric tons of international cargo, which is a 31% growth, I think, compared to the previous year. We had handled domestic cargo at about 140,000 metric tons, which was also fantastic. And, uh, you know, that was a growth of, if I'm not mistaken, about 17% compared to the previous year. So we've had some pretty phenomenal numbers. And if you take the period, particularly between uh, July, August of last year and sort of December of last year before Omicron came in, uh, we broke several records in terms of on even on a monthly basis at our highest ever monthly tonnage. We had for export the best month for imports. So it was, it was quite a run during that period as we were recovering from Delta and just before for Omicron hit. And I think several factors contributed to this growth. And I think, uh, you know, I'll be pleased to talk about them in, in detail as we go forward. But fundamentally, I think there are three reasons why Bangalore Airport does very well. First part is the fact that we are located very strategically in the middle of the southern half of India's peninsula. I think we have a very good hot catchment area, uh, not just encompassing not just Bangalore as a metropolitan region. But if you take the area around it, I think we managed to attract a lot of cargo players. Uh, stakeholders, trade forwarders, uh, you know, other parties, not just Karnataka, but also uh, neighboring states who come in and sort of uh, push their cargo through Bangalore Airport to the definitely is an advantage. Secondly, I think in terms of infrastructure, we've created the right infrastructure for all of our stakeholders. I think it's absolutely critical, not just in terms of physical infrastructure, but also the technology that we've often spoken about. And the fact that our partner ecosystem here, whether we talk about customs, whether we talk about BCAS, GISF, whether we talk about the trade bodies and the cargo community, all of that has been phenomenal. We've been really sort of working closely with us in order to make sure that we achieve our goals. The airline community has been fantastic. Uh, they've added more capacity in here, both in belly capacity on the passenger flights, as well as dedicated freighter service over the course of the last few years. And finally, in terms of our team here, I think we've got one of the best cargo teams in India. In fact, I would probably be unequivocal in saying that I certainly think, and I'm probably I'm biased, but I certainly think we've got the best cargo team in India. And I think they've done a phenomenal job over the course of the last few years in order to position us as sort of the natural gateway for South and Central India. And that's also worked in our favor. Satiki, with the, with the scheduled international service already back in uh, operation late last month, uh, what kind of growth are you going to see in 2022? Because a lot of cargo actually moves in the bellies of uh, international wide-body passenger services. During or Before the pandemic, right, if you think about it, we had about 60% of our cargo going in the belly of passenger aircraft, and about 50% on dedicated operators. During the pandemic, as we sort of uh, had all the restrictions on passenger movement and as airlines sort of reduced capacity due to various uh, regulatory challenges and permissions and things like that globally. Right? A lot of that freighter capacity sort of started increasing. And we had about 70 to 75% of our tonnage going on freighters, and only about 25% going in the belly of passenger tech. And I think that was a significant change. And it was driven by the fact that a lot of our traditional belly capacity that, that sort of uh, happened through scheduled services got reduced. Uh, what's interesting is uh, two or three things. I think the fact that 
uh, demand is certainly there is unquestioned. I think most people want to start traveling again, and that's good for cargo as well. So we've had a lot of the international carriers come back as we've sort of opened up. As you know, uh, international services opened up with the summer 22 schedule starting on 27th of March. And we've seen a huge uptick in terms of the slots filed, in terms of capacity coming back. Uh, for instance, Emirates has come back with their full complement of 24 weekly frequencies. Uh, we've got uh, Japan Airlines, which started Tokyo during the pandemic, who have two services extending to three. Uh, as you know, we've, we've got uh, British Airways, who's got five, five times a week, but I think they're going to daily from the beginning of May. We've got KLM starting later in April. We've got Lufthansa, who's already started, who will go to daily sort of uh, in the next four to eight weeks. We've got uh, Air France, who's already started. And we've got Qatar Airways, uh, we've got Singapore Airlines, we've got, uh, you know, all of the other traditional Middle Eastern and Southeast Asian carriers who are all coming back as they bring aircraft. As we see that, I think significant belly capacity will come back uh, into the mix. In addition, I think uh, two interesting things. Uh, we've got DHL freighters who sort of increase their frequency from 11 to 17 weekly sort of services. We've got uh, Schenker, DB Schenker, who did a, a weekly service. And that's very interesting because it takes a lot of uh, material from here to the US. And uh, UPS are also scheduled to start services uh, later in July. So I think if you look at all of this, both from a belly capacity in passenger aircraft, as far as white-bodied aircraft are concerned, as well as uh, freighter service, uh, they're all on schedule to come back and we, we are expecting to see significant growth over this year. In addition, uh, you might have noticed that we've sort of got uh, services to North America scheduled for start later this year with both American and United scheduled to start to Seattle and San Francisco in October. And uh, last week's announcement of Qantas starting direct service from Sydney to Bangalore is also fantastic news for us because we expect uh, travel time to be cut in terms of the fact that we can go now from Bangalore to Australia with about three, four hours taped off the past alternative route. Also being a great thing for both perishables as well as cargo engine. So, so I expect to see, uh, you know, significant recovery and some exciting stuff happening on the cargo. So I think, uh, I think Japan Airlines and uh, Ethiopian had already started. I think they will increase the frequencies. Uh, so there is potential for significant cargo commodity to be carried on the bellies of those passenger white-body flights. Uh, Qantas will start later this year, American Airlines and United. What is uh, any sense of the cargo potential in of some of these uh, long-distance uh, direct flights? I mean, not offhand in terms of specific volumes, but to sort of put it in some context, right? Today, we have cargo capacity of about 715,000 metric tons here annually, uh, which is a stated capacity. Uh, this is extendable to somewhere between 850 and 900,000 metric tons, depending on how we use the facility, depending on sort of uh, process efficiency, in terms of what happens, uh, how we can use the capacity, uh, timing of the frequency as it comes in, dwell time and things like that. But in the longer term, I think with all of these services coming in, over the course of the next two to four years, I expect to see us uh, grow to that limit of sort of 750 to 850,000 metric tons. In the longer term, probably somewhere between one and one and a half million metric tons uh, cargo will be handled annually at Bangalore Airport. That, okay. uh, I know it seems ambitious, but uh, to put some things in context, we started this airport in 2008, and then we, when we looked at our first 10 years, we had tripled both in terms of passenger and traf uh, cargo traffic volumes. And I think if you look at the next 10 years, even though COVID has probably taken the sheen off a couple of years in terms of performance, I think that the recovery is going to be sooner than we think uh, because of the way India works, because of our overall sort of potential. And I think cargo and passenger volume front, I expect to see us tripling once again in Again Bangalore Airport is clearly on top when it comes to providing a gateway airport for India's uh, perishable export and you've uh, marketed so well that uh, that proposition. Uh, 
Tell us how the airport is building an even better ecosystem with the stakeholders to attract even more perishable exports uh, out of Bangalore. The mango season is up. I just had my first mangoes a couple of days ago and, and I'm a mean, huge fan, so always good. I think the rest of the world depends on India for, it, for their mango supplies, so that's always wonderful part of the year. It's an interesting question, right? I think we've done particularly well with respect to perishables over the course of this year. Uh, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, if you look at PIDA data, we are about 30% of India's uh, total perishable shipping. And I think we've, we've really focused on what we need to do in order to maintain that whole chain integrity through that perishable shipment process, right? And I think uh, what we've done is uh, we've, we've really focused on that. And there is a demand or a significant rise in demand for facilities that maintain the shelf life products, especially perishable goods such as uh, food items and vaccines and pharmaceutical products and things like that. And I think that is not going to go away anytime soon. From a Bangalore airport perspective, I think uh, it, perishables and pharma have actually been one of the major growth drivers of the course of the last two or three years. And we've had, if I'm not mistaken, again, between 12 and 13% growth in these two categories uh, as far as international cargo throughput. Secondly, to su support the growing need of this cold chain shipment, we've collaborated with various partners to introduce technology in a big way to drive growth. We've got an integrated IoT-based solution to enable live monitoring of temperature-sensitive products, and this is something that's been very welcome. It uh, provides agents with real-time temperature data of our shipments at every step of the journey. And I think that's sort of been uh, something that all of our partners have really been appreciative about. Uh, it also helps them to monitor the end-to-end -end health of that product uh, via the web or via their mobile phone or, the, or an interface that we provide. And it ensures integrity of the supply chain. Additionally, I think uh, from a temperature control supply chain facility perspective for international cargo, right? We've also had a boost uh, with the launch of Envirotainer, as you know, uh, which is a world leader in active food chain solutions for air cargo. What Envirotainer does is it enables pharmaceutical companies and their logistic partners to move this temperature-sensitive cargo uh, sort of uh, and, and allow them to monitor end-to-end -end health of their product. Again, sort of uh, through that journey, while maintaining the integrity and quality of that product because you've got complete visibility through that supply chain. Additionally, uh, I think what we've done with the with the launch of our air cargo community system, uh, which is called ACS, as you know, which has been enabled by Kale, and we've been able to monitor that process again through the entire end-to-end -end journey. And that's something that we've now got operational across both of our terminals, uh, both the uh, AI SAT terminal as well as the MAVB terminal. And that's something that's also helped give, give us, as well as our cargo stakeholders and partners, a huge amount of visibility through the entire journey. So I think we are well positioned. We've also invested sub substantially, uh, not just in terms of physical infrastructure, as you know, but in our uh, SI facilities, in the terminals, uh, through pro products like this on the technology side, in the terminals, and across a wider supply chain as well as on the land side where we've widened all of our uh, access roads. We've created a truck parking facility uh, to help get them in at the right time, uh, reduce dwell time, minimize any sort of waiting, and provide just-in-time services. So I think we've, we've been particularly careful as to what and, and listen to what our partners need. And I think that's something that we do quite well. I think the team here spends a lot of time uh, outside talking to our partners. And one of the things that I sort of, uh, I think the team is very enthusiastic but that we've all pushed for uh, both, at, both at a management level and a trading level is to ensure that our team is outside as far as possible talking to everybody within the wider cargo community at all times. 
I think that really has helped as well. How strongly do you think uh, cargo business is uh, strategically important to revenue diversification for an airport like Bangalore International Airport? Oh, I, mean, I think it's absolutely fundamental and crucial. And I think if you look at it, it's been underpinned by what we've done during this period during COVID, right? I think historically, cargo didn't get its due uh, at, at most Indian airports, you well know. I think all of us were focused on the passenger side. The airlines have been focused on the passenger side. And uh, we've sort of neglected, cargo was sort of the neglected child. I think probably the first 10, 15 years of this tension. But certainly over the course of the last five, seven years, uh, the importance of cargo has been very, very significant. I think airports have realized the role that the cargo industry and the wider stakeholders play. And if it weren't for the cargo sort of supply chain over the course of these last two years, I don't think many of us would be sitting where we are and uh, you know, have been able to weather the pandemic as sort of, uh, I, mean, I, I don't even know what sort of adjective to use, but let's say we weathered it with some degree of comfort, even though, I mean, I, I, maybe that's not the right word to use, but, but certainly we would have been in a far worse place, right, without the cargo industry being as strong and resilient as it is. And I think not just airports, but across the country, people have realized, and probably across the world, people have realized the value of the cargo and logistics supply chain. And I think it's helped us in terms of survival, in terms of getting essential food, in terms of getting essential medical supplies, vaccines, everything over the last two years has been reliant on the fact that the cargo supply chains have worked. The fact that we've emerged from this pandemic with not sort of being affected even worse than we have, right, is a testament to the strength of the cargo industry. And certainly, I think globally, if you ask most airlines, most partners, what has been their biggest takeaway over this period, they will probably tell you two things. One is that cargo has really uh, taken its place, rightful place, as a very, very vital part of their business. And secondly, uh, information supply and that exchange of information between all of the stakeholder community has been so strong during this period that it's really helped in that growth of cargo volumes. I think those have been the biggest learning uh, sort of areas where we've, we've learned less. Certainly, cargo and uh, global supply chains have really grabbed the headlines across all mainstream media. You can't miss any newspaper or uh, any media without having a headline, headline story on page one on global supply chains and what it can actually cause global economy. Um, so I think cargo plays a very critical role in developing business for the airport and helps to contribute to local economy in terms of trade and commerce and trade and employment. What do you think technology is going to play to increase the airport's cargo competitiveness? I mean, massively so. Right? I mean, I think, uh, as you know, at Bangalore Airport, we've always looked at how we can get technology to do three things. One is improve customer experience. Second aspect is to look at how we can use technology to improve our operating model or operating efficiency and do more with less. And thirdly, how can we use it in order to generate revenue in new ways? And I think we've focused on all three aspects pretty heavily over the course of the last five, seven years. And all of that is bearing dividends now. So the work that we did between 2018 and 2020, when before COVID hit us, really positioned us pretty well in order for us to sort of ride out the COVID storm without sort of even worse performance than we would otherwise have. I think, uh, as I said earlier, we've really focused on key elements of technology also, besides just the physical infrastructure. We've spent a lot of time and effort. I mean, the, the team here has really thought through what the technology needs to be. If we have to grow to sort of a million and a half tons of cargo annually, we've really got to have a very strong technology platform in place. And I think what we've done through the air cargo community system enablement here at Bangalore Airport 
and now what we are doing through the WMS, which is the warehouse management system uh, implementation that we've just starting, is that we will have some of the best technology in place at any airport in the world from a cargo perspective. We've got exceptionally good visibility, end-to-end -end visibility for our stakeholders. It has been implemented across both of our terminals, our ACS. We will have the WMS also going live over the course of the next year or so. And I think once those two aspects are in place, and once it ties us into our uh, business intelligence platform, and once we can have that interface, it makes everything much simpler. It gives us better visibility to our operation. It gives our stakeholders better visibility to their operation. And it allows a lot of our partners actually continuously help monitor what they're doing at the airport and across the entire supply chain. And it makes the entire process for customers as they get their goods to Bangalore Airport seamless and a whole lot better. And I think there's a reason why we've done well in Kabul. Uh, and one of the key drivers of that is the fact that our partners think that they get the best technology and the best experience here at the airport and, uh, through our cargo terminals. And that's been a massive sort of reason for our cargo growth. So I think a Bangalore airport uh, has been known to introduce innovations very early on, both for passenger convenience and uh, easy processing of cargo. Tell us about some of the recent investment into or recent partnership into developing technology and digital infrastructure as you keep building your cargo business uh, for the future. Uh, you could also talk about the uh, recent uh, announcement about Amazon Web Service. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I think, uh, let me let me focus on the cargo part first. And I think, uh, you know, one of the things that I will say, and I, and I tell everybody this, is that we've got an incredible cargo community. So it's not just what we do at Bangalore Airport through Bile. I think our cargo partners, right, uh, whether it's the terminal operators, whether it's sort of customers who played an, a phenomenal role over the course of the last few years in terms of how supportive they've been, uh, whether it's CISF and BCAT, who have actually been so proactive in helping us sort of uh, get to solutions, uh, which has been such a plus for us. All of our partners have, and, and the wider community, right? If you look at the, uh, the wider cargo community here, I think they've all contributed significantly to where we are. And if you look at our technology initiatives, I think we've, we've done three major things, cargo front, and all of them have been done in conjunction with partners across the ecosystem. The first one, like I spoke about, was the airport cargo community system for the ACS. And that's a digital platform that has made the shipping process significantly simpler by eliminating all paperwork. And it enables the faster processing of transaction. It reduces duplication of information and uh, streamlines processes in general. And it makes information available to all of our stakeholders prior to even reaching the airport. So it's, it's given great visibility to every one of our stakeholder community. Second initiative that we've really invested in is Tagbox, which is an IoT-based live monitoring solution. We have an integrated IoT-based solution uh, to enable this live monitoring of temperature-sensitive products. And I spoke about that earlier because it also, you know, has fed into the way we've done our perishables and our products. It helps all of our agents sort of monitor end-to-end -end health of the products via the web or mobile service and take appropriate intervention when they need to. And that's something that we've been very pleased about. And finally, if you look at Envirotainer, we've partnered with them for an advanced for cargo solution. And what this does is it enables pharmaceutical companies as well as their logistics partners to move temperature-sensitive cargo across the world, uh, maintaining the integrity and quality of product throughout this journey. So if you take all of these things, not just in isolation, but if you think of all of these things as they tie in with each other, what it helps us do is give literally real-time information to every one of our partners through the entire journey. And really makes life a lot simpler because people know exactly where their stuff is. People know exactly uh, how long it's going to take to get from point A to point B. And it gives both us as well as them sort of a much greater degree of comfort in making sure that they understand what's going on across our entire cargo operation. And I think as I reiterated before through this interview, uh, 
you know, it's something that's been very, very fundamental to us achieving our cargo uh, goals. And, and it's likely to only sort of improve even further. So, I mean, I think we've realized some huge benefit of investing in this technology, investing in new initiatives. And I think we will continue to invest in such initiatives and we will make sure that, uh, you know, we, we look at every solution that is available to us in order to uh, increase our cargo volumes, uh, improve our operational efficiency, and also give our customers and partners the best experience that's possible. Because I think that at the end of the day, we are going to get customers because they value the experience that they get here at Bangalore Airport. If that drops, we will be affected, they will be affected, and I don't think that's something that any of us wants. So that's actually front and central to what we do. On the Amazon side, it's a partnership that we've just signed. It's a, it's a joint innovation partnership with AWS, and I think it's early days. But what we want to try and do is look at what we can achieve together, uh, trying to do joint innovation solutions. And there are a range of areas identified, whether it's sort of looking at logistics and warehousing, or whether it's looking at technology in terms of innovation and uh, you know innovative approaches using the AWS stack, and what we can do, not just cargo, but across a range of different initiatives at the airport. And uh, we will define very specific things as we move forward with this partnership. But uh, we're very excited. Uh, we think Amazon has been a pioneer in what they do across the world with respect to how they've completely disrupted industries, different industries as they've sort of uh, a journey over the last 25, 30 years. And uh, we believe that it's you know a great opportunity for us jointly to look at what we can do together to disrupt the industry. So I think since you already spoke in detail about the air cargo communities, uh, air cargo, how the air cargo communities are created around airports, uh, my question is uh, creation, maintenance and growth of cargo communities anchored in airports. How important is that going to be uh, going forward? Because you can create an airport community in Bangalore, then that can actually connect to another airport community, maybe in Brussels, London, or in Amsterdam, or in Miami. And then you have this community of communities. Is that something that is uh, that's possible in the future? I think so. I mean, I think it's certainly something that we are aspiring towards and or aspiring to. And if you look at what we could be or who we could connect with, I think certainly relationships with other major cargo hubs, whether it's Amsterdam or Zurich or Brussels or Cologne or any of the European hubs or potentially even in the longer term, some of the Far Eastern hubs like Singapore or, or up like Dubai. And finally, the Holy Grail, I suppose, if you look at in the US, whether it's Memphis or Anchorage or Louisville, etc. I think the idea is to try and see whether we can do something uh, more substantial with each other. I think that's something that will evolve. I think that is certainly something that many of us within the airport and the cargo industry are sort of looking to work towards. How long it will take is anybody's guess. But I think certainly the world is getting smaller every day. And regardless of what's happened from a political or geopolitical perspective or from a perspective, and, and various other means. I think the fact that we've, as I've said before, even today, right, the fact that we've managed to weather the COVID storm without faring much worse is significantly down to the fact that logistics and supply chains stayed open the way they were through this period, right? And I think all of us have realized the value that that brings to all of our citizens. I think, uh, again, at this point, it would be remiss of me to not acknowledge the work that the government of India has also done. If you look at many of the initiatives that have come through MOCA, if you look at many of the things that they've talked about, uh, you know, with respect to PIDA, with respect to looking at perishables, with respect to looking at uh, the wider cargo community and what we can do through uh, all of our partners, both from a public sector and private sector perspective, I think they're also working very, very seriously behind the scenes in order to make sure that the infrastructure, the policy, the systems are getting improved every day in order to get India to a place where we can 
take advantage of many of our natural sort of let's say upsides like the population or the, or the size of the market the extent of the country etc and try and connect us as easily as possible with various other parts of the world from a passenger and cargo perspective i think that will get better that will that will get significantly better in my over the course of the next few years and i think the potential of what we could do right not just domestically but internationally with partner airlines partner airports partner sort of cargo bodies trade associations federations and between governments is all likely to increase many fold and i i suspect that whatever you see today in terms of the indian market with respect to cargo potential will likely triple or quadruple over the course of the next uh, sort of decade or so so i i think uh, you know the signs are very promising as markets get opened up as we start connecting once again to the rest of the world and as more and more trade partnerships are signed i mean you saw the australian partnership being signed last week and i think the new route to australia for instance going to take advantage of some of those benefits but as we go forward i think all of these things will sort of necessarily influence each other in good ways and i and i'm certainly very hopeful and i'm i'm an eternal optimist i think things will be good uh, we will sort of uh, have better volumes so so i think we promising days are ahead so i think what are the other types of technology tools both in terms of software and hardware that you think of deploying to improve cargo operations uh, at the airport to help shippers in speed to market strategies especially for e-commerce express cargo perishable and pharma shipment do you think something like drones uh, could play a significant role in the last mile uh, mid mile deliveries i mean i think certainly over the next 5 to 10 years right you're going to see a lot of things but underpinning all of that right i mean i think, I think whether it drones whether it's you know whatever other facility whether it's enviro tainer stack box etc i think hardware is only part of it, right at the end of the day i think what we're going to see is significant digitalization across the entire cargo industry and i think the fact that we are investing in, in that digitalization investing in new platforms that's actually going to be the biggest driver of what we can do and as you invest in these platforms as you allow them to sort of start connecting with each other and as you allow mobile technology and and i suppose as you start of start going into 5g and what you can do with edge computing over the course of the next few years you're going to find significant uh, opportunities to increase value through this entire journey so i think uh, aviation space and even the cargo and logistics and warehousing space has always sort of uh, looked outwards to try and see what technology advancements or technological pro- progress can do for the industry both from an optimization perspective and from a cost reduction or revenue generation perspective i think that will continue i think the other area where you will see significant discussion debate and progress over the next 10 years certainly uh, regardless of whether it's cargo or a passenger movement will be in the sustainability area and i think even from a technology perspective right i think all of us are going, are going to have to work exceptionally hard to make sure that we meet our sustainability goals and i think that's going to be the area where you will find the most debate the most discussion and uh, the greatest concern both from the industry perspective as well as from a citizen perspective in terms of making sure that we all of us are being held accountable to sustainability goals right and i think many of the technology innovations that you will see over the course of the next decade or so will also in the areas of reduction of carbon emissions the use of sort of uh, new technology that will be much more sustainable greater use of hydrogen or uh, battery technology in order to see what we can do with that as the industry evolves and we we sort of try and participate i mean the use of sustainable aviation fuel for instance i think we try and participate in everything that we can that we believe will help us these sustainability goals as well and that's something that i i think now that we've got to a stage where we have uh, accepted leadership 
on the pure technology front within our terminals, I think what we will focus on over the course of the next uh, few years is a combination of what we can do with a wider logistics and supply chain and how technology can get into that to help us improve our, our numbers. But equally, what can we do from a sustainability perspective and, and what kind of technologies will, will have to be adopted as we move towards achieving our sustainability goals? And I think that's something that in not just Bangalore Airport, but I think the wider industry will have to focus on in a very serious way over the next decade. We, we have to achieve that growth, but it cannot be at the expense of uh, you know not meeting our sustainability targets. And, and to me, that's going to be the big area of focus over the next decade. Since you've already answered my question on sustainability and how technology could be applied uh, or could be deployed to address sustainability goals, I'll come to the last question. And it is about the new technologies that you are passionate about and those that will help air cargo industry to deliver better, lower cost and always be sustainable. If you look at even ACS, right, one of the key drivers of ACS was that we were trying to eliminate paperwork. And what we've done, even sort of uh, today, 99% of all of our sort of cargo shipments are recorded on ACS. And we are getting there. We'll be 100% in the course of the next couple of months. But fundamentally, you know, we've, what we've done is we've, we've literally saved about 600, 700 trees every year just by not, you know, by going paperless. And that's an example, right? And when you add it up over the course of a long period, there's a cumulative benefit. Equally, I think everything that we do, when you talk about operational efficiency, when you talk about revenue generation, when you talk about customer experience, right? I think at the end of the day, every one of our initiatives, whether it's Empire Outtainer, whether it's Packbox, whether it's ACS, whether it's uh, eventually drones, whether it could be a better use of data. I think at the end of the day, if you're doing something more efficiently, if you're doing something better from an operational perspective, the way we quantify better is not just in terms of saying we are doing less of something. I think from our perspective, we've got to get, we look at it very carefully, even in terms of saying, what do you mean by less? Does it mean that we have less operations? Do less operations therefore lead to, for instance, less uh, consumption of fuel? If that Does that mean lower emissions? I think everything that we do has an environmental component already built into it. The way we assess new initiatives, the way we assess operational efficiency or impact, it, whether it's from a revenue perspective or from a customer experience perspective, is one of the biggest lenses that we look, look at it through is that sustainability lens. And I think for us, anything that we do to reduce number of movements on the air side, number of movements on the land side, you know, reduce fuel consumption, use sustainable or renewable energy to power most of our facilities, all of these things together account for what our cargo strategy is. So uh, the other part that I don't know uh, whether many of your readers or viewers know about is that we we are an airport where 90 between 98 and 100% of the energy at this airport comes from renewable source. In fact, there was a period between November and Jan Feb of this year, November of last year and Jan Feb of this year, where 100% of our energy came from renewable source. Uh, it comes from a combination of both solar and wind. So everything that we do, I think you don't look at it in isolation, but if you look at it from a perspective, from a management perspective, from a community perspective here, I think we've really sort of tried to do the right thing in terms of sustainability and the environment. And that's big driver of every one of our new projects. Terminal 2, which is going to be open later this year, for instance, one of the key pillars of Terminal 2 is the sustainability strategy. What we've done here from an energy perspective, from a water perspective, from a, a solid waste perspective, every one of those initiatives has been driven by what we think we should do from an environmental perspective. All of our roads today are being used with uh, recycled plastic. We've completely eliminated single-use plastic. I mean, there, were, there, was, there was a period in between because of some of the COVID bring it back. But we are going, again, we've gone back to the elimination of single-use plastic. I think for all of achieving our financial metrics without hitting what we believe are drivers that are driven by purpose will be completely irrelevant. We don't meet those you know, purpose-driven uh, metrics. 
And I think the environment and sustainability uh, metrics are front and center of what we do on a daily basis. I think every one of our initiatives, whether you look at our cargo tonnage or whether you look at sort of our numbers and things like that, will be meaningless unless we can get to the stage where we say that we did it in a sustainable way. So, so I think that's absolutely core to everything that we do. So all of our initiatives have been very, very carefully sort of thought through from an environmental perspective or sustainability perspective. Uh, I don't think there'll be any change in that. In fact, you know, Ari, who's our MD and CEO, as you know, is exceptionally sort of passionate about stuff like this. And I think every time we come up with a new initiative, the first question is, does it take the environment and sustainability sort of environment? And if it doesn't, we don't even begin that initiative. So I think uh, that's something that we are we are very, very careful and critical about. Satyagi, thank you so much. As always, uh, it's such an enriching experience to have uh, conversations with you. And I'm delighted that you could find uh, time to join us in this episode of Logistic Tech Dialogues. Thank you, Reggie. Uh, thank you to Stack Media Group and Logistic Tech Dialogues. It's been very enjoyable. Pleasure is always mine. Uh, great chatting with you and sort of hopefully we'll do this again soon enough in the future. So thank you so much. That was Satyaki Raghunath, Chief Strategy and Development Officer at Bangalore International Airport. Join me next Thursday as I bring you a new guest in a fresh episode of Logistic Tech Dialogues presented by Kale Logistics Solutions. Until next Thursday, take care and be safe.